Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. And we are here, as always, to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 88. Very exciting day. Not only because of all the news we're about to bring you, but, Ben, you actually don't even know this. I kept it as a secret until right now. We are on pace. After a slow start, moving to our new platform, we are on pace to have our highest download month to date. Right. Trending in the right direction. Very, very exciting. Very, very happy. Ben and I love doing this anyways. This is something that we would sit there and talk for hours and hours and hours about anything sports related, even without microphones in front of us. We decided to get behind the mic and do it. And the fact that you guys are out there, you're liking it, you're listening, you're telling people, spreading the word, makes it all that much more fun for Ben and I. Thank you very much. All the extra downloads all the positivity, all the trending in the right direction is all because of you out there listening. So we can't thank you enough and please continue doing what you're doing. It is very much appreciated. And, uh, we're, we're on this strange ride together. So I say that as I look at Ben on the video, wearing sunglasses indoors. So yeah, on buddy. today's episode, on today's episode, we have football news, a couple of big name tight ends, got big time contracts. Uh, people upset with Daniel Snyder. That's not really necessarily news, just not the people you'd expect. Baseball news, uh, including baseball in the election. No, we're not getting political. Don't worry. Just the stadiums are. But first, the NCAA have decided several major conferences will not have a 2020 season already. Canceled it all. Not even delayed. Just not going to bother with it. What can you tell us, Ben? First off, you know how much this hurts me, right? Uh, yeah, dude. College football is like, I think if you could choose one sport in the world to watch, it would be NCAA college football. It's like your, you love NFL football, but NFL football on Sunday is like my, that's like yes. my church. And this is your, this is your big thing, NCAA Saturdays. And I'm feeling for you, buddy. I am. Because I, I know that sucks to not have that look forward to. Right, and what's worse is that my team, um, if you're not aware, uh, you may be, is the Michigan Wolverines. The Big Ten has canceled their season. The Pac-12 has canceled their season. The Mountain West has canceled their season. So there are three conferences as of right now that seem to be on target to forge ahead and play, and that's the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. It doesn't shock me because if you look where football is most popular, especially college football, it's Big 12 country, it's ACC country, it's SEC country. I mean, that's just matter of fact. Um, I think if the SEC canceled, they'd probably just be like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to bother at all. <laughs> right. Uh, I know there's a couple outliers that wanted to play. Obviously, Nebraska wanted to move to another conference for maybe just a season and that's kind of been squashed already. And then the ACC uh, NCAA came out today and canceled any fall championships. That's across the board. So there's like 22 championships. If you can't ha apparently if you can't have 50% of the the t the university's playing, then you can't have an official championship. So these teams are going to go out there and play and do all this. And they're not even playing for the biggest prize in the game. 
Correct. Well, I mean, so here's the thing, Chris. Each conference has a conference championship. Right. So in essence, you could play for a conference championship. So okay. Big Twelve will Big, Big Twelve will play. They have two sub conferences. They'll play the two best teams will play for the right to be called the Big Twelve champion. Same with the ACC. Same with the SEC. But as far as uh, college football playoff uh, championship, national championship, yeah, that's all not the gonna bowl happen. games. That's sponsored bowl games. Gone. gone How much gone. money is that for the NCAA? I know this is about health. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying they should have played if they're concerned about health issues. I'm just saying, for an institution like the NCAA, especially the football part of it, that is so so profitable. I mean, this could be hundreds of millions of dollars at least. Yeah, it it will be. Uh, I just you got a lot of you got a lot of players who wanted to play. You have a lot of players. They're like there were movements in certain conferences of players wanting their voices heard about either playing or not playing uh mostly not well i don't know if they didn't want to play they just wanted to make sure everything was safe right and they didn't they felt like some universities were trying to push push through in the end there's three you know there's five major conferences um pac-12 big 10 acc the sec and uh the big 12 so two of the five big power five are out. And then you're just going to see a bunch of the other ones. So Mountain West is beginning is one of the, the bigger, you know, non-power fives. And you'll start seeing another one start to fall off. It's realistically should be a collective decision between the students, student athletes, the coaches, the university, I just don't know how much they were their input was actually taken in this because you know my opinion of the NCAA. I feel it's yeah, co- I, corrupt. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. I don't think in this situation the NCAA even cares what anybody besides them thinks. Um, clearly, I'll say this though: to their credit, an organization that has had more than its fair share of questions when it comes to. You know, we can't pay athletes, student athletes who are out there taking the abuse, but we can pay the coach who coaches him eight to ten million dollars a year. And that is what it is. This isn't what we're here to debate today. I have my opinions on that. I'm sure everybody listening does. I know you do. I'm pretty sure we actually covered that in an earlier episode. So go back and find that. But for them to forego in the face of being called corrupt for years, this much money, there was clearly concerns about the safety of everybody involved and what a mess and a disaster it would be if something went wrong. And on a more personal note to you, Ben, I know you're really disappointed about Michigan not playing and the big 10 being canceled. I can only say this much to cheer you up. At least, at least, you know, there is no way they can lose to Ohio state this year for like the 17th year in a row. At least you know that. Dude, you can sleep well knowing you won't have to see the Buckeyes standing in the big house with their hands raised again. That's got to be some kind of consolation prize. I just want you to know that when I thought of this segment, not today. No, 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 no. Not today. Not yesterday. The day before. And maybe it was even the day before that. The first thing that popped in my head, this guy is going to try to sugarcoat it 
by somehow insulting my team. Well, dude, you've known me for what, uh, over 20 years? Yeah. You'd be yeah. disappointed if I didn't. It's true. It's true. And, and by the way, and, that will be a clip that I send you later on to put on social you. media. Thank so. you. I'll make sure I put that one up. <laughs> hey, hey, you can hashtag the hell out of that. That's going to get some views. <sighs> for the good of the podcast, Ben, put your pride the, aside. For the good of the podcast, yes, Chris. Uh, I say this. The SEC will be the last one to bow out. You think they're all going to bow out eventually? I mean, because we've only this is only the, this is the first wave, mind you. Right. This um, isn't even how it's it's going to get worse. As far as teams see, the, go, the Big Twelve. There, there's there's a few teams in the Big Twelve that are kind of like West Virginia left um, when the Big East dissolved. They had to go somewhere else, and I think that they went from the Big East to the P- Big Twelve. You think of the Big Twelve. It's mostly Texas teams, Oklahoma, kind of the South and Midwest. And you got West Virginia, you know, joining in on them. Whereas Virginia Tech, same state, they're in-state rivals. They went to um, the ACC. Okay. So that's the dynamic that I'm worried about is that if you lose too many teams in, in a conference, they have no choice but to – to bow out, but the SEC is very heavily centralized to Southeast, uh, the United States. So Bama, Auburn, Florida. Yeah. Massive, massive programs. It, it's, it just, I just think the SEC is going to be the last one to bow out. If they bow out before ACC and big 12, then those two conferences will be right behind. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, uh, I, 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 it might have sounded like hyperbole, but I, I kind of meant that earlier when I said that. If the SEC decides they're not yes. going to partake in 2020, I think all the other conferences, not even from a financial standpoint, just from a people aren't going to be watching if the SEC is not relevant standpoint. Yep. Why bother risking it at all? So look, well, look let's at your, pack it up for the year. Look at your NFL teams. Look at your first round, second round of the NFL draft. It is always littered with SEC players. SEC football is – and my team is in the Big Ten, ladies and gentlemen, and I will recognize SEC has the best talent year in and year out. They, that's why they always say Alabama doesn't – doesn't uh, they don't rebuild. They reload. Right. Because every recruiting class coming in is just another – set of, of young players who are built ready to go. They, they spend their red shirt year prepping so that their, ju- their, their sophomore, junior, senior season, they're ready to go. Same with Clemson. They're starting to build theirs. Oklahoma's starting to do the same thing. Unfortunately, <clears throat> so does Ohio State. Ohio but, State's kind of the outlier in that, simply because yes. they're they're like a northern team, and it seems a lot of uh, not only I mean are the SEC teams incredibly talented, but because they get such good talent, yeah. I think a lot of that is you get a lot of these kids up from, you know, I mean all walks of life, but northern states, uh, extraordinarily hot areas of the country, extraordinarily cold areas of the country, and then they're like, hey, I can go down and play in September and October. November and either domes if I come up north for the most part or not most part, but a lot, a lot of, you know, right. 
a lot of climate controlled situations and play half my games in the Southeast where, I mean, that time of year, the weather is very, very nice. Usually. I mean, obviously you get some storms here and there that kind of screw with that, but I think that's kind of led to, uh, you can tell by the fact I'm tying this in that I don't have the college football expertise that Ben has, but I think a lot of it has to do with weather also. I mean, if you're, if you're a kid who's been playing up in, in, in Boston and you get an offer to go play in Alabama in September. <laughs> now, you're going to be down there for more than September, obviously. But you're going to head down there for that time of year instead of freezing your ass up in Boston to go play for a school that already has, you know, 20 other people committed that are top-of-the-line, you know, recruits. Of course. Well, I'll give you an example. Christian Wilkins, uh, who plays for Miami, drafted uh, last year, played at Clemson. Part of the national championship team, you know, Davos Sweeney built this big, great organization. He is from Western Mass. Yeah. Clemson, uh, South Carolina, right? It's Clemson, South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. I mean, beautiful so area. God, beautiful. I would say, like, I would say, Chris, it's like the chicken or the egg co- uh, conversation. Like what came first? Uh, uh, the school building a, a, maybe it's not a, be- I mean, actually it's probably not a good analogy, but I was thinking, you know, what came first to the school building a, a prominent uh, program or having great weather? Um, maybe my analogy doesn't work there, but no, I see where you're going with it though. I, I get what you mean. Like what, like, like they, they, they feed off each other now, but what came first? Like, right. Um, I guess the weather would, would, you know, be the, the first uh, since Alabama has been, I mean, I, honestly though, Alabama had a dip between Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. They weren't top of the food chain for a while. No. And then Nick Saban came in and just said, yeah, I, I, I'm going to win a bunch of national championships and just be the guy. But when Alabama wasn't, you had other teams in the SEC that were still like, we're not saying this isn't universal. Like nothing's a hundred percent. We're not saying that, but I mean, dude, if I was a top right. recruit and you tell me you can go play, uh, you know, I'm just going to use Michigan for. Hey, look, Michigan, historic program, a lot of history. I'm not making fun of it right now. I'm being completely honest. If I can go play in Michigan in December, or Clemson, South Carolina, <laughs> my ass is getting on a train to South Carolina. Like it's just it, it's it's if they're both competitive teams, I'm going where I can work out in a t-shirt and and, and shorts instead of you know negative ten. So that's, unless, that's, unless that's just the, me. Unless the opportunity is playing, opportunity is more in Michigan than. Oh Clemson. sure, if you're like, top, yeah, if they're a top five that, program, yeah. Right, but that's a sub detail. Like, you, right, if, if if playing time is that high on your priority list, and it's almost negligible of which place you're going to play more. Right, you're gonna you're gonna pick the team. Not only has the national championship prestige, but also it's a little warmer in the month of October, November. I get it. I and it, yeah, and if I mean it's it's you know if it came down to if you know a northern team was a top five team and they were trying to recruit me, or the only other offer I had was a team that was in the south, but they were not even going to be competitive. Of course, I take the northern team. I would want to win, but on equal footing or almost equal footing, you're going to take the nicer weather. It's true. You see free agents in sports do it all the time. 
If we're starting to make questionable analogies, that's probably the point we should move on to our next topic. Two big-time tight ends. Got two big-time contracts. George Kittle of the 49ers got a five-year, $75 million contract extension. $40 million guaranteed. Not to be outdone. Very, very shortly after that, George Kittle got a four-year, $57 million contract extension with $28 million guaranteed. This does come a day after George Kittle seemed a little upset that they announced he had a contract extension that made him the highest paid tight end ever. And he said, don't believe everything you read. Seemed like he was getting a little testy with it. And then the next day he's announced he has the biggest tight uh, contract for a tight end ever. So not sure why old George was all bent out of shape there. He could have been busy counting his money, but whatever. George is kind of a fiery guy, although very talented. They're, they're good moves. Yeah, totally. I don't know how the uh, Chiefs are doing it, though. they got to be printing money at this point. I mean, I don't want to accuse them of breaking the law, but they have to have some kind of counterfeit operation down there on Arrowhead. I mean, they don't they don't have any money. They're, they're making it happen. That's all I can explain it, man. It's funny money with the NFL and the NFL salary cap. It's just somehow they're going to make the dollars work. I don't know how, but somehow they're going to make it work. When that Mahomes deal comes up, it might line up just right at the time for them to rework that deal, open up that salary cap, push that money back. Because let's be honest, your Patrick Mahomes is going to have at least an, uh, what roughly an extra 10 to 13 years longer playing time than Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, and Tyreek Hill. Fair. I don't know. Play longer than him? Yes. Have an extra 10 to 13 years past all those guys? I don't know about that. They're def- he's definitely going to be longer term. So you could. Sure. Actually- barring injury. He'll, yeah. He'll be, the, he'll be the last one to retire of the group. It's yeah. like, it's like with, with Tom, uh, you know, his early on years, he had player X, Y, and Z. Sure. Name your player. Uh, and then he had a second iteration in the middle with player X, Y, and Z. And then at the end, he had different, like, He's got just like Tom went through different iterations of weapons, tight ends, running backs, wide receivers. Mahomes is going to have the same thing. Like it's just a matter of where they're positioning the contracts, where the the guarantee money is just going to be exhausted. So that way, when they rework the contract, they don't have to push as much money to one way or the other. It's smart. I just I get I get what you're saying though, man. I don't know where this money's coming from, dude. When when it was Patrick Mahomes, we were like, okay, they can make this work. It's it's ten years. It's a it's a half a billion dollars. But the way they have it structured, in three or four years, he's just going to opt out and they're going to restructure and keep him there. I got that one. Then Chris Jones, it was like this is getting really squirrely now because this is a lot of money on top of the Mahomes deal. Okay. Now with Travis Kelsey, you're talking another, you know, 14 plus million average annual value. And it's like, okay, you have to have this lineup perfectly. I don't see any way with the major, major possibility that next year there is a massive dip in the salary cap due to potential lack of fans in the stands this year, which looks all but inevitable at this point. I don't see any way. Kansas City Chiefs are not in salary cap hell in three to four years. I, I don't I don't see how they can't be. I have to think that they have targets on their roster. And it's my my opinion, there are two targets. It's Frank Clark and it's Sammy Watkins. 
those two are the ones that they set aside and say, when the time is needed, we can cut them. We can, we'll take this X number of dollar hits and it's a salary cap, but it'll help us in the long run. That's what I think they have is they just have these, these little, like little crib notes on the side of their, their, their book saying this player will be cut on this day. If dollar value of the salary cap goes down to this much and so on and so forth. I mean, eventually it'll be too much to handle if, like the reports we read was between 30 and $80 million. If it leans towards the $80 million, I don't know if there's, there's not, there's not a lot of teams that are going to be able to figure that one out. Yeah. We discussed that in an earlier episode. There's like two to two to four teams. That'll be in an okay situation at that point. Right. And then you have the, 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 the teams that are way down at the bottom, your, your Philadelphia Eagles are going to be not yours specifically, but, the Philadelphia Eagles are already negative. What was it? 50 some million dollars. It'll be exasperated by an even larger subtraction of the salary cap. So good for them. They're getting their, their money. Uh, Kittle makes sense. Young athletic can block. I think, I think he's the top tight end in the game. Uh, One can argue Travis Kelsey one could argue. I mean, who else? Do you? I say. I say right now, Kelsey, because he's done it longer. Right. But if Kittle can go out this year and, and prove that these last couple of years are, which I believe they are. I mean, it's it's crazy to ask somebody to do what he's been doing for the last two years. You know, more before you say how good he is. But I say Kelsey right this second. Uh, then I think you got to go Kittle. I think Mark Andrews is in that conversation. He's another guy who's going to get paid. Austin Hooper, I would. Here's the thing: Austin Hooper got a lot of money on an average annual con- value contract from Cleveland. Cleveland. Yep. And I would take George Kittle and the extra few million a year on his contract over Austin Hooper any day. No disrespect yep. to Austin Hooper; he had a fantastic year last year. Good for him for getting paid. But George Kittle is on another level. Both contracts make sense to me. I'm all for the Chiefs resigning Kelsey. I think it's an awesome move. Keep, you know, keep him and the homes together. I just don't know how they're doing it. I just want to be very, very clear about that. I am not wishing anything bad uh, on the Chiefs. I know I'm a Patriots fan, so it's going to be easy to say, oh, he's just wishing, he wants to see him fall. I love watching high-quality football, high-caliber offenses, dominant defenses, whatever it may be. It's exciting. Take away from the fact that, you know, my favorite team is the Patriots. I am a fan of football. I love watching it played at a high, high level. So the longer the Chiefs and teams like the Ravens can maintain their dominance, oh, the more exciting it is to watch. So I'm all for it. I'm just saying from a pure financial standpoint, I don't understand how they're doing it. But they do, and it's obviously all legit and legal. So good for them. But, man. I'm sure they'll figure it out there. Smart individuals smart front office people somehow they always figure it out it's just a matter of not cooking the books but it's a matter of just pushing the numbers one way or the other whether it's down the line or front loading it to make it more feasible for them to pay whatever Mahomes Sammy Watkins Travis Kelty Chris Jones whomever 
it's just it just seems like this this seems like it's the perfect time to do it to line everyone up but it's also paired with a bad time to do it because you just look at the horizon and see a fanless season at their stadiums and that salary cap for the 2021 season is just going to take a hit. Well, let's go to a team that's used to taking hits. That is the Washington football team, which still seems weird to call them, but yes. much better than much better than the previous name, so I'll take it. Uh, Daniel Snyder, majority owner of said franchise, is being pressured by uh, minority owners of the team to uh, they want him to sell his part of the team because, I mean, not even people who make money with Daniel Snyder like Daniel Snyder. Well, we we don't like him. Oh, I, dude, I I've never we've never made any secret of that. He's not a likable right. guy. He's not a good guy. He's not a nice guy. He didn't change the name of the team to be decent. In fact, when he had a chance to do it and be decent, he doubled down on being an a hole and said he would never change it. It wasn't until FedEx prompted uh, prompted him to by saying they were potentially going to try to look into voiding their contract with him to uh, have the field named after their company that he said, oh, well, maybe I should do this. You can Google anything you want about him. You're not going to find much that's likable. There has been a whole bunch of controversy down there with the Washington football team from on the field to uh, things that happen in front offices. Snyder's doubled down, though, again. He has told minority owners he will not sell. I don't know if he's actually suing them, but has had apparently had his attorneys look into defamatory comments to make him look bad in the public eye, which I didn't know he could look any worse, to be honest with you, but he apparently thinks he can. So he thinks that they're trying to make him look bad in an attempt to sell. They want him to sell because they feel if he's not in the picture, it'll drive up the value of the team. It, as usual, with the Washington football team, is an absolute mess. And there's no good end in sight. The only way that he can be ejected without his consent is the other governing bodies of the NFL, the other 31 owners. They would have to vote it. And I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't. I was going to say, do you see that happening? Because I personally no, because it's going to start a bad precedent. Exactly. Like at any time, a large group of the like we will take an example that happened this past was this past off season no we've been in the last off season robert Kraft and his incident down in florida before the super bowl you remember that incident oh yeah and remember what everybody said it was before they had the facts all the accusations right. around the oh that? yeah there was a lot of, he of, was he was in charge of this kind of trafficking ring and that trafficking ring and nothing ever came of that imagine if Jerry Jones and name your other, uh, there was a, like one or two others. Now, I don't even know if it was Jerry. There, I know there was like one or two owners that were kind of pushing a little bit. Imagine if they actually pushed him out. Right. And then it came, everything else came out. Not only would he have, I'm not an expert in law, but I think he would have some argument to sue the NFL. Oh, absolutely. It sets a bad precedent for any time a majority of the owners think this is bad for the game or this is bad for us or this, this, that. And it's really not that serious. Now, I'm not 
absolving Daniel Snyder of anything. I am not downplaying any of the accusations, but again, they are accusations and they need to be vetted and thoroughly investigated. Just like uh, Daniel Daniel Sterling and uh, Richardson from Carolina. I don't remember his first name, but those two got ousted because their comments were either what recorded or so that somehow they were they were recorded and they were released to the public. So that's kind of a different scenario we're talking about here where, and, and Daniel Slater has, a, and especially there's one connection that's very, Daniel Slater needs a bigger way to, to separate himself from that connection. I'm not going to say the name, look it up. If you want, you'll find it real quickly. Yeah. It's not, not good. And if it's anything is actually, uh, if there's anything actually to it, it's probably one of the worst case scenarios for Daniel Snyder. That's the kind of thing that could get him ousted. But that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing. If I'm Daniel Snyder, I'm not worried about my NFL team. I'm worried about how long I'd be going to jail for. That uh, I've been somewhat transparent on what this, you know, what it is, but and in in this in this scenario, he'd be more worried about jail time than than is he going to be the owner of the team anymore? Because by default, as soon as that happens, he won't be the owner of the team. Right. I just don't think on rumors, conjecture, you know, accusations, you can just as a group of owners just sit down and say okay, we're ousting you because of allegations. It's not going to stop there. I'm sure Jerry Jones is not uh, some patron saint. I'm sure he's got some things. I know he said some things that are borderline sometimes. You just don't want to go down that road. It's that slippery slope I talk about sometimes. You don't want to go down that. Words are just words. and I mean, they, they, they can be hurtful, but I mean, we, as a, as a people, we have become way too sensitive. If somebody said something I don't like, I don't want them to be in, I don't want them to make money anymore, which is ridiculous. I mean, Jerry Jones just saying some off-color comments. Okay, could be in poor taste, but it doesn't mean, doesn't mean he's actually done anything wrong. Daniel Snyder, you're absolutely right. We don't like him. He's a very unlikable guy. However, just because you don't like somebody mean doesn't mean they're automatically guilty of whatever they're accused of or the organization. So yeah, proper uh, investigations need to be done. And I'm sure that's being done right now. Obviously we're not privy to that. Nobody probably will be until the results actually come out. So hopefully, you know, any of these guys, any of these guys do anything. I don't care. Look, if what they said about Robert Kraft ended up being true after he was busted in that massage parlor in Florida, if it was true, send him away. He would deserve to go too. I'm not going to back him up just on a Patriots fan, not the stuff he was accused of. But look, they supposedly had videos of all these things that happened down there, and none of what they accused him of or said said up he did. Nothing ever came of it. There was never any proof on any videotape, and you know, you know, being a massively rich figure in the public eye, if they could burn you at the stake, they would. Yep. And there was they couldn't find anything. Daniel Snyder is is far less likable and has a far worse track record. So we're going to see how this plays out. I don't think it's going to end well for Daniel Snyder. I also don't know if it's going to be bad enough for him to end up losing the team. He really doesn't care if he looks bad. 
he he wants he's upset at his uh, minority owners because of defamation of character, which is funny to me because I didn't know he had any character left to begin with. That's true. So, but yeah, as far yeah, I don't know. It's it'll be interesting how it plays out, and I'm, we'll we'll bring you more as we find out more. LeBron James apparently has some kind of uh, movement, uh, pro voting movement. I don't know much about this. I had the name. It's got a catchy name, like Move the Boat. I think it's called Move the Boat. Well, he's he's partnering up with uh, uh, stadiums that are currently not being used, right? And uh, uh, using them as um, we talked about this earlier. Wasn't that Atlanta? Atlanta, Atlanta was going to do this Hawks. also. Atlanta Hawks are going to do this were, also. We're doing. Are they, the, are they working with him, or is that a different program they're doing? I don't know if these teams they do, they don't really seem. It seems like it just the Dodgers are connected with LeBron. I don't know if the other teams I listed, the, the Bucks I listed and the Pistons made both of their uh, arenas available for November. Okay. And we talked about the Atlanta Hawks. They made theirs available for the special election at the beginning. I think it was the beginning of this month and then for November. Uh, basically, what they're trying to do is they're trying to, you know, not to dig too deep in politics, but voter suppression is something that is, is at the forefront of discussions on both sides. Now they have different opinions of what voter suppression looks like. But if you see clips on Twitter, Instagram during election days, whether it be this past ele- uh, the elections that have happened over the past few year, few weeks, few months, the primaries, previous elections, you see long lines, and it it kind of deters people from wanting to go and vote because they don't want to stand in long lines. And then if they get to the if they finally get the opportunity to vote, there's a chance that they might get there and it'd be closed. So I think what they're doing with this is they're opening up a large area that could potentially be secure. I say potentially because they are big stadiums. And it could accommodate more people to vote more at, at more at more times than to just have some little high school gymnasium, to have some rec center be the voting area. And if you're in a town with, or I should say a city with like 2 million people, and you're trying to vote in different segments of the city in these little classrooms, gymnasiums, rec centers, whatever there is, you're not going to get through them. But if you're in Detroit, if you're in Milwaukee, LA, LA's got millions of people. Imagine how many people they could run through. Albeit it, it would be in November. So, but it, I believe LA is pretty decent weather in november right i think it's pretty decent weather all around right so i just think that makes sense and and la should do it the the staple center i would assume would be open since lebron james is trying to push for this and he is the face of the lakers it just makes sense it made sense when we talked about it with the atlanta hawks and i believe we said teams more teams should do this Maybe not football stadiums, but all the ones that are all, all, all different kinds of stadiums. Absolutely, there's so many not being used right now. They're 100 right. 
you could build them towards some good productive use. Both sides are constantly going at the other with the pluses and minuses of mail-in voting and potential issues that could occur with that. I'll say this. This is a helpful somewhat solution to that. Like you said, you're not going to try a new pack 10,000 people flowing through a high school gym that 20 people can vote through at vote at a time in. You know, you're not you're not going to have a line wrapped around a building of people trying to stand 6 feet apart. You're not going to run into problems because trust me, people get heated when it comes to politics. You got a bunch of people standing outside whether it's cold, hot, regardless of the weather, and they start talking. And they start finding out they're voting for the other guy. Uh, and they got to stand six feet apart. But this side believes in this, and this side doesn't believe it's as bad. I don't believe in masks. I believe in masks. You're going to have a lot more fights. It's going to cause a lot more problems. If you got a stadium that can normally house 80,000 people, guess what? Not only can the parking lot handle the traffic flow, the building can handle the flow. People aren't waiting outside. You can set up voter booths all along the field, all along the concourse, wherever you want. You can have hundreds at a time, in, out, in, out, in, out. And instead of worrying about any of these ballot issues, it doesn't, these are unprecedented times. I had to do it, sorry. Just make it like a three or four day thing. We're going to have voting open from this time to this time, from the third to the seventh. And afterwards, we'll tally them all up. If you don't feel comfortable... All going out and trying to shove yourself like sardines into a high school gym, you know, uh, from, I don't know, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Well, you have a few days you can do it now. Make this work. And if by that, if you don't get out during that time to do it, then you clearly just didn't care to begin with. I think it's a really good idea. We said this back when we were talking about it in Atlanta. I, I, don't, I don't see how this can be anything but, but better. So it's a good solution. Good on them for using these stadiums or something positive. I, I know how it would be spun as a negative, and I'm not going to dig into it because I don't want to dig into it. Uh, I want to keep it to positive. I think it's good that LeBron James is trying to do this. He's trying to get more stadiums on board. I like that the Bucks are doing it. I like that the Pistons are doing it. I like that the Dodgers are doing it. It just, and I think the biggest key uh, on your how you explaining the how to operate it. I think the biggest key is with a stadium, you can designate an entry and you can designate an exit. Yes. And they could be so far apart that if you want to adhere to social distancing guidelines, that is how you do it. So that way people, because in a little gym, a little gymnasium, it's going to have maybe one exit. An entrance, and it's gonna be the same one. Gym, and VFWs, whatever else they might use, bingo halls, everything. Yeah, it doesn't have the same kind of access in and out as a stadium would. And I understand not all places are gonna have these kind of stadiums, arenas, but governments, local, state, need to identify unused large facilities to utilize them as voting booths to handle that overflow. I, I'm pretty sure. And, and I've seen, there was a, there was a piece on vice. There was a, a channel called vice uh, probably about a year, year and a half ago. I watched all these unused malls because malls have become so devoid of, of people that 
businesses leave and they become broken down and decrepit. It's like, yep. this is an, this is an opportunity for something to be used as a, another tool, another asset to the, the state, the city, the county, whatever to use to help the overflow. Cause we know there's an overflow. It's a good idea. Like I said, um, you know, if you're in a major city, it's a great idea. Like where I am now, where I'm recording from, I mean, it's a town of 800 people. You wouldn't have to worry about something like that around here. But if you get into like where you're recording from, not a massive, you know, major city, but far more than 800 people. There's probably 800 people in, 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 on the block that you are. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it all depends. And there's enough big buildings, enough stadiums, enough empty spaces to, um, you know, make this work. So hopefully you know, we can get through this without too much childish behavior. I don't count on it because it's politics, but... Let's aim high. Which is what the MOB did, right? When I was doing a little pre-show rundown, we normally do. I was, I was, you know, taking some notes, and uh, the first thing I said under MLB was Manfred finally gets it right because, because clip that, clip that, clip that. Well, hold on, we're, well, I, we're I do putting that on. I do the clipping anyway, so I would. Oh, it's okay. Damn. No, no, no. Here's the thing: if what I'm about to say didn't come after. What I just said, I would clip that and put it up because I will admit when I'm wrong. Here's the thing. Okay, so Alex Cintron, the instigator of the A's Astros brawl, it's very inflammatory things. Ramon Laureano, Laureano took exception to it, charged the Astros bench. Alex Cintron got a 20 game suspension, a third of the season. Short. They dropped a hammer on him and very well should have. So good for them. Ramon Laureano got a six game suspension. I'm. All but certain he'll appeal it. Probably get to knock down the four games, maybe five. You know, again, I don't blame him for acting the way he did, but you're going to have rules in place. You have protocols. Despite his reasoning, he still violated it. You got to pay it. You know, you have to. You're going to get in trouble for that. I was all set to give Manfred, who loves nothing more than protecting his boys down in Houston. I was all set to give him credit. Until I found out that executive VP of baseball operations, Chris Young, former pitcher Chris Young, was the one who ruled on the incident. So it wasn't Manfred. Because we all know if it was Manfred, it would have been a five-year suspension for Laureano. And, you know, he probably would have gotten Cintron a steak dinner or something for his troubles. Personally, Alex Cintron should be suspended for the rest of the season. That's my opinion. I'll stand by it. I don't like he instigated it. The situation was done and over with. And even if it wasn't a situation, we discussed this last episode, what Laureano seemed like he was doing. It seemed to be in jest or sarcasm, which I am very fluent in. What Alex Cintron did, and even though we don't know what he said, uh, we know what Ramon Laureano indicated he said, I think that deserves... The rest of the season, especially since he's the hitting coach, he just needs to go away. And Loriano six games. If it doesn't get knocked down, I can be okay with that. But I think it should be knocked down to four or five. I'd, be good. I'd the, be good with three or four, honestly. But just for the fact that Alex Cintron said something that if if a uh, hitting coach on the Yankees said to Carlos Correa 
and he was at first base, I believe Carlos Correa probably would have done the same thing. Cody Bellinger, oh, yeah. Cody Bellinger would have done the same thing. Name your other MLB player. It's, it's. I don't know what he said, but the indications of what he said is totally inappropriate of a professional coach of a team who is supposed to have a higher degree of respect and restraint showed absolutely none. And that is that is the reasoning they said for the the, the much higher uh, number of games suspension for Cintron on top of just being a giant jackass and what, how he acted. Uh, look, it's got to be harsh penalties. You have health and safety protocols in place. Middle of a pandemic. That's the reason for all these other crazy rules we're all having to follow right now. You can't have guys jumping off a bench fighting with each other uh, when there's so much risk for contamination, especially since the MLB has proven by the fact that the Cardinals have still not played a game since July 29th that they're having a hard time keeping things in order. It has been better the last few days, but we're having more and more Cardinals games postponed because coaches are testing positive now. Players are still having problems. So uh, I'll say this. Dusty Baker, who I am a big fan of, Dusty Baker was not involved in the Astros scandal or anything. He became the coach prior to this season when, uh, what was your old coach's name? AJ Hinch. AJ Hinch, thank you. Let go by the team for his involvement in the uh in the science stealing scandal dusty baker said that he really feels like major league baseball threw the book at the astros he doesn't really understand it well when you're the astros and you're used to getting absolutely nothing done to you for violating every rule in the book you would be really confused i mean the astros are used to getting away scot-free with no matter what they do so the fact that mlb did anything to them is like oh whoa you actually can punish us holy cow Again, I like Dusty Baker, and he's just going to protect his team. That's what old school managers do. That's what he is. But I think he has to, before he says something like that, has to kind of look at the last year and a half of how the Astros have pretty much skated by with a known, with their known cheating scandal, and then maybe just not make that comment. Kind of let discretion be the better part of valor there, Dusty. Or 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 know what your coach. I'll emphasize that point again. Your coach said to a player, know what he said, and say. We'll accept the suspension and we're going to move on. Yeah. That's, that's what it should have been. We can understand what Dusty Baker is. He's an old coach. He'll support his guys. He's a player's coach. He's always been that all the way back since San Francisco Giants. I just think in this instant, you need to let Alex Cintron know, hey, you're not a player anymore. You can't act like this. I don't know when the last time Alex Cintron actually played. It, it must have been a while because I don't remember seeing him for many, yeah, many years. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. But you need to know you're not a player anymore. You're a coach. So when stuff like this goes down, you're supposed to be an arbiter to make sure to break stuff up instead of sitting back watching it unfold because you're the one who started it. Yeah, I mean, I think Dusty Baker probably did say that to Alex uh, Alex Intron because he is so old school. He probably said that to protect his guy and then simultaneously went to him and said, hey, get your head out of your ass. That's all those old school coaches are. But you just got to be a little more aware, Dusty. But, you know, whatever. You've not going not gonna to diminish my, my view on Dusty Baker. Any. I still got a ton of respect for the guy. Anything else, sir? You want to get out of here? No, I'm good, man. 
All right. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, sports-related, of course, for Ben or I, we would love to hear from you. And Ben, where can they get in touch with us? All right. Hit us up on Twitter at BCTSPod. You can hit us up on Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Or you can hit us up on the website, bctspod.com. Once again, we are seeing a very significant increase in downloads. And that is all because of you listening, spreading the word, participating. We very, very much appreciate it. Please keep it up. Please tell a friend if you enjoy the show. Even if they're not your friend, you can tell them anyways. We won't know any better. Still appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here Tuesday morning. Thank you.